to the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast, bringing you open and honest conversations about resources in Tuscarawas County. Now here's your host, Jody Salvo. Hi, this is Jody Salvo. Welcome to another Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. Uh, this is a fun one today because uh, I have two great guests, uh, so I think we'll have an enjoyable conversation. Um, today we're going to spe- be speaking about um, a campaign the Anti-Drug Coalition has coming up right now. It's called Parents Who Host Lose the Most. Um, and you know what? I am actually going to let Chris introduce himself because he's part of the Anti-Drug Coalition. He'll tell you a little bit about the podcast. Okay. I'm Chris Lane. I'm a community member, business owner, and I do serve as the business liaison representative on the Anti-Drug Coalition. And, you know, I've got young children. Uh, my oldest is now a sophomore in high school. So... My youngest is now a second grader. So this is something that just really rings true to me in okay. terms of how we protect our children from the messages, the substances, and the patterns of behavior that can be destructive later in life. Okay. Yeah. So what what is the Parents Who Host Lose the Most campaign? Yeah. What's so Parents about? Who Host Lose the Most has been around for 20 plus years. It's a campaign to educate both children and adults about the legality around sharing alcohol or hosting events that have alcohol in a quote unquote, we think safe or monitored environment, um, which when we look at it, sends a horrible message and puts us at immense risk um, as adults who actually host the parties. Sure. Okay. So thank you for that. And then in addition to Chris, we have Lindsay Tidrick from Strasburg Franklin High School. Lindsay, tell us a little bit about yourself I'm the school counselor at Strasburg. I'm also our prom advisor. Okay. So I work very closely with my juniors and seniors when organizing the prom and hosting the prom. And I also work pretty closely with the parents. They help donate and, you know, a lot of that stuff too. So I'm here on behalf of like the school counselors association as well. Awesome. So one of the reasons the parents to host lose the most campaign comes up this time of year, we usually launch around April because of proms and then graduate graduations. Um, and it's just one of those issues that I think alcohol is embedded in the fabric of who we are as Americans. Mm -hmm. And I think rites of passage and stuff, I think it's kind of became enmeshed in who we are that some adults feel it's okay for young people to drink under the age of 21. What would you say about that? I have such a problem with it just because I think it leads to so many risky behaviors past drinking. Um, you know, they could be drinking and driving and they think they've only had one or two and they don't understand how it might, you know, affect their ability to drive, their ability to make good decisions. So that's a problem. And, you know, there's always been times when you're invited to a graduation party and you walk in and you're like, oh, like you turn around and leave because you can't, I can't be around those situations as an educator when parents are hosting. And it makes me super uncomfortable because you just know it can lead to so many other really bad things. Sure. Sure. And, and on the surface, Jody, it, Logically, it makes sense to us as adults. We're providing what we consider to be a safe environment, a monitored activity around that substance that we know we can't necessarily keep them from completely. But one of the dangers of that is when we do that in a safe environment with a, a young adult or a, a child, we, we actually end up building their confidence, right? We mm-hmm. expose them to something with no negative aspects, and then they're out there on their own well, my mom's not here, so I did it last time. And it just leads right. to that that unsupervised or unsafe trial that leads to, as, as Lindsay said, um, 
this is only the beginning of many additional behaviors beyond drinking sure. that can be so risky to the, the youth. Sure. And, you know, one of the things I think sometimes we forget, or I think the messaging was very poor in the past. You saw this messaging around not drinking and driving. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. So it kind of placed in everybody's head the risk factor around alcohol is with driving, but what are other risk factors around alcohol in our young people? Oh, I mean, I think it just, it's almost like the next gateway drug in my mind yeah. for drinking because like, oh, if I can drink, I can vape or I can smoke marijuana and marijuana has become, you know, pretty sure relaxed as well. So I just, it's just, it leads to so many things. And I think parents assume, well, it's safe. They're at my house. Well, you know, as soon as somebody gets hurt, you're, it's no longer safe and right. you've put yourself in a really bad position as a parent. Yeah. When I work with high school students also, you know, trying to walk them through consequences of underage drinking and okay, one of them would be just sexual promiscuity. You know what I mean? Like if a young person is impaired and they're getting more intention because they got that liquid courage they might be much more apt to have sex and, you know, what that brings or the change in friendships or bad decisions or, you know, just kind of helping adult and young people think, you know, first of all, it's illegal. It's not safe. Your brain is not fully developed yet, you know, and just helping people understand your brain isn't developed till about 24, 25. So if you start drinking at a young age, your chance of addiction really increases. So, you know, if we wait till a legal drinking age and our brain is fully developed, it really decreases our chance of addiction. So, you know, another one of those risk factors are addiction, period, you know. Yeah. And, you know, another risk factor that a lot of folks don't necessarily think about is, is the rest of the damage to the organs in your body, right? Liver, uh, kidneys, all those other things. As as young children, we don't realize that those things aren't developed when we arrive. Yeah. Right? They're still developing and building resiliency and, and going through the patterns of how we get there. So the earlier you start to introduce these things, the, the faster you start to build the decay or the, the delay or um, other, other things. So there, there are so many risk factors yeah. and, and that's just on the kid's side, right? When you're hosting, there's a lot of other risk factors. Those, those risk factors of, you're now sending a message to a group of people who are in need of a message. And what you're saying is, you know, very much like you said with it, it's not the driving that's the danger. It's the actual alcohol yeah. and your ability to make decisions when you're drinking, um, when is enough, when is too much. And, and, you know, in today's modern world uh, with social media and everything else, you want to talk about some risky behavior this is the onset of teen bullying in every aspect. If you're not drinking, you're getting bullied. If you're drinking, you're getting bullied and made fun of, et cetera. You know, there's just so many additional things beyond the, the natural alcohol yeah. that it just, it, it becomes a spiraling whirlwind um, in other bad behaviors. I know um, I work with students with the youth to youth program and I know young people will feel you know, it's not helpful when parents serve alcohol, you know, when they're trying to make healthy decisions and they're trying to be peer leaders, you know, when adults are providing, it's really makes it even more challenging for them, you know, because here's kids trying to do the right thing. And then the adults are saying, well, 
in my house, I'll take the keys, we're in a safe environment. And those mixed messages just make it more challenging. Oh, for sure. And I think Chris had on a good part point about um being bullied because like you get picked on because you're like oh no like I'm, I'm in youth to youth and I'm gonna make the right decisions right, right and then you know they all show up at someone's house and we had a situation like this at school and like there were kids there that got in trouble because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time and they felt pressured and they're like I swear it was just one well just one just cost you 20% of your athletic season too and that's what a lot of kids don't realize too that as a high school athlete high school athlete you you sign like a waiver saying okay. you won't drink. And when you get caught, you know, 20% of a football season is quite a bit when it's only 10 yeah. games. So, so Lindsay, if they, if a student gets caught, like at a home party, mm-hmm. how does that kick into school policy? It's usually through the athletic policy. Okay. Fair enough. Um, because they've signed that waiver saying, you know, okay, I will not drink. I will not, you know, participate in any legal activities basically. And, you know, vaping okay. plays into that as well, too. And it's just, it's like that gateway of just, it's simple. Once you're you're relaxed and you've, you've had a couple drinks yeah. and then you start making poor decisions that sometimes domino effect. Yeah. I had just recently met with four of our five judges here in the county. And we were speaking about marijuana use, but between marijuana and alcohol use, you know, that's where they see that initiation very early on at very young ages. So say if a young person initiates alcohol at 13 and people are like, why are, why do we have the drug use problem we have? Well, if you start drinking at 13, there's a pretty good chance that there's going to be marijuana in those same circles. So now you're using marijuana and alcohol at a young age. And then for whatever reason you're using at that point, maybe initially it's, I'm curious, but then if it gets to now I'm coping or I'm using this to try to fit in 13, 14, 15, by the time now we're getting to 16 and 17, you're probably needing more harder substances. So, you know, even just as adults putting all that together, you know, that, youth substance use is problematic, period. Yeah, and, and the availability factor is probably one of the biggest drivers, right? Yeah. Not every household in the U.S. has marijuana laying around, but a larger number of those households do have alcohol yeah. in some form. Um, and, and that's where it's it's hard as adults to send the appropriate messages at this appropriate times, right? There's nothing wrong with adults who use um, alcohol responsibly. But if every single event we have in front of our children, we need yeah. to have alcohol present, we really need to, to look at what that message is that we're sending. Are we having legitimate conversations with our children about why it's important that they don't drink yeah. while we're sitting there drinking a beer, having the conversation yeah. or, or wine or whatever it is? You know, So I, I think we just have to be cognizant of all of those factors. And, and you said it and, and Lindsay, you confirmed it. Our, our young kids are impressionable and they don't have the decision-making abilities that we do. And even my decision-making ability is questioned at times, <laughs> but, but our kids have a significantly reduced capacity to sure. do that. So what do you, anything to add on that? Oh no, That's he it. nailed it Yeah, because the decision-making when I taught health before I was a school counselor, like we did the whole, what happens to your brain, what happens to your liver. And we, sh- we talked about the pictures. I made them do the math. Like if you start at this age, What's it going to look like at this age? And we talked sure. about cancer and cirrhosis and all those things. And 
there's so many health factors outside of just sure. impaired judgment. I mean, it's a physical situation as well yeah. too. I loved Chris, when you were speaking about kind of that celebration or all the functions we do as adults with alcohol included. And, and I do think we need to take a step back on that because then kids get to prom, mm -hmm. they get to graduation they get to New Year's Eve, you know, all these functions that they've seen adults celebrate or recreate around with alcohol. And again, it's an adult decision. It's not illegal. But I do think we have to be mindful of what messages we're sending to our kids, because if they feel anytime we celebrate or recreate alcohol is involved, that naturally kind of computes in the kid's head. Huh, you know, celebration involves alcohol. And I think we need to kind of make some breaks on those connections so our young people can say, man, we can celebrate and we do not need wine or champagne or whatever else it is. Right. And that takes some intentionality. No, absolutely. Um, and, and it's difficult because it's not like you want to get out your book and, well, I had one with and one without. And, yeah. You know, keep keeping track. But, but really asking ourselves, when was the last time I had an event or celebrated something where I didn't have alcohol? And that may be sitting around a dinner table. When was the last time you went to a restaurant as a family and somebody didn't order alcohol? Yeah. Um, it's natural, right? I'm just going to have a drink with dinner and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But if every single time that's what you're creating saying. this, it's a repetitive message. And it, just like with any other skill or yeah. task that we develop, the more times you do it, see it, say it the better off or, or least you're going to think about it sure. the next time it happens. Sure. Sure. Like even football games or Sunday games, you know, those are things Absolutely. that I think we need to be mindful of. No, I agree with that. I was out to eat with our family and I ordered a water and my mother-in-law was like, you're not going to drink with me. And I, then I felt pressure and I know it was, she didn't mean to make me feel terrible and she didn't mean, you know, and then I was like, Oh, okay. And then, I didn't really want it. And then I was like, well, I have a workout at five 30 tomorrow. And now I, I like, you feel like you ruined your next day because of it. So no, I totally think it's a, like a, such a social thing that we don't even, we don't keep track of it. And I think if more people were to stop and think like, when was the last time did I yeah. just, you know, it would probably make a bigger impact than what we know. And again, nothing wrong with that. But that messaging for our young people, you know, their their brains just really are not fully developed, you know, and whether we believe it or not, they are looking oh, for to sure. their right. parents. They're looking for those adult influencers to kind of show them how to live life. You know, their eyes are, are oh, they're so aware. And I don't think we realize how much they pick up on right. stuff that happens because my daughter questioned me afterwards in the car. She goes, you weren't going you didn't have to. And I was like, you're right. I didn't have, like, she totally call, called me on it. And so, so I love that, that you were then able to say, you know, have that conversation afterwards, you know, I appreciate you saying that. And you're right. Like that's peer pressure, you know, because then you it can kind of parallel, you know, you're going to be in situations and I hope you do better than I did, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, one of the other natural, and you know, this goes back to something you said just a little bit ago. Um, how many, how many of us are the designated driver and the reason we tell somebody else we're not drinking is because I'm driving. Yeah. That's the only reason I'm not drinking is because I'm driving. How about I don't need to drink to be here and have yeah. a great time with everybody. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not interested in drinking tonight. Yeah. Not because I'm the designated driver. Um, so I, you know, 
it, it's interesting that you recount that, Lindsay, because there there are lots of times where as adults we'll fall into a pattern, even if it's for a short period of time. But it's so refreshing when our kids internally are the ones who will call us. On. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the conversations that uh, our prevention team often has with our high school students, there's a couple of them. One is ways to say no. And I think that's really important off of your conversation. Sometimes I'll hear kids when we'll practice scenarios. And this is what adults need to do. Practice scenarios with your young people. If you have a high school junior, senior, and they're going out, I would just as a parent always be prepared that there could be alcohol at that place. So you need to have your young people practice. What are they going to say? Say, hey, you know, if you're in a situation and there's alcohol, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? So, Lindsay, you've already gave us language to prepare our kids. Like, look, you could get in trouble just by being there. Lose 20% of your team. So just say, hey, you know, um, either I can't be here, I want to play my sport, whatever that that is to have that excuse. Um, but to make sure they're good clad answers and responses, not, well, not now. Tell your young person, when you say not now, that means they're going to continue to ask you time after time after time. So it could be, no, I don't drink. No, I don't want to. No addiction runs in my family. No, you know, this is something that I promised my parents I wouldn't do. But giving them the ability to say no is super helpful in practicing it because it's not easy. I mean, peer pressure, I mean, let's think about it. When we were those ages, we all wanted to fit in, you know. Well, and that's one of the benefits of cell phones and things like that now. You know, in our our family, we have keywords. And it's not just around alcohol or other things. But, you know, with my youngest, if she's going to have a sleepover with somebody and she's feeling lonely or... Um, just not going well or something happens, she can text us or send us a message that, you know, initiates us calling them to say, oh, hey, we've got a family emergency, you know, giving them a safe out, you know, not necessarily using us as a barrier or a guard, but, but using us to help them escape that with their uh, integrity intact still, um, because it is hard. And, And if they don't make the decision initially, uh, they will think about it and eventually they'll make that decision before it's too late. So, uh, you know, giving them the language and or the resources to get out is absolutely. Critical. So you and Emily have done a great job because that conversation has to happen way before they're going to that party. You know, they need to know this is the keyword. My kids, it was, I forgot to feed the dog. That's what they would say. I knew my kids never fed the dog. So if I saw that one, I needed to intervene and the reason as a parent, you have to have that conversation because anyone can read their phone, you know, can't be yeah. like, come get me, you know? So with those safe ages, I knew at that point I was going to call and say, grandma's in town and we're going to dinner. I'll be over to pick you up. You know what I mean? But you also need to have those conversations ahead of time. Look, if you're at a party and you need me to come get me, I will no matter what, no questions asked. But as an adult, then you got to hold up your end of the deal mm-hmm. and no questions asked. And when they see that they can trust you with those conversations, I'm sure they're going to share what was going on and why they called you. I think trust is a big thing. If they think they're going to get in trouble, they're not going to tell their parents yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, and, and if they think that you're going to tell everybody else's parents and all those other things, you know, and that's that's the fine line, especially with parents who host lose the most. Um, if you find out that your kid was at a hosted party and all those other things, you know, what's the right thing to do and how do you handle that? And you know, we handle it as adults. We, we have an adult to adult conversation. Hey, I don't appreciate whatever that is. 
you don't necessarily have to call the sheriff or call the police or something else, but you know, it's not right, but we also want to be good about how we treat each other. Sure. Just as much of an example as how we want to be treated to our children. And I, I appreciate you saying that because I think adults struggle with um, fitting in and peer acceptance as well. So I think it's, helpful for us to have these conversations that it is okay for an adult to say, Hey, look, you know, is there going to be alcohol at the party just because I don't want my kid around it, you know, in a way that I'm going to breathe in, we need to have some confidence that our job at the end of the day is to protect our kids. And this is one way that we can do it. So you don't have to get all crazy about it, but you do need to know that that is your right and your responsibility as a parent to protect your kids. So it might be asking hard situations questions or um, just ensuring their safe environments. Absolutely. So back to the campaign, parents who host lose the most. Um, we, what are we doing for the campaign, Chris? Well, there's, there's going to be several things. There'll be, um, there are signs available. So if you want to get a sign, get a hold of the uh, anti-drug coalition, uh, businesses are, are helping to promote this. We're going to run some PSAs on WJER. Uh, there's lots of other things. And I know, uh, most of the schools are participating that are having it. They're going to also do this. Um, you know, w- one of the other things we're trying to figure out how to do is provide some alternatives, right? One of the yeah. things that's really cool is um, you'd be shocked at the plethora of recipes out there of virgin um, drinks and things like that that can make it seem like a, a fun adult event where you don't have to introduce alcohol. So um, th- those are all the kinds of things. And it's not just around prom. There's prom, graduation, all this other stuff. And, you know, personally, as a parent, I'm most concerned now because we've taken a year off of yeah. these events and the COVID factor is going to kick in. And, and really, we want to make up for what we lost last year or all these other things. And we, we just have to understand that we can do that without introducing alcohol to those situations. Or any substance. Yeah. yeah. Like we're yeah. doing a post-prom and we're going bowling. Oh, fun. So that, I mean... I might, they all might not come. I like to go bowling. So we're going to make sure the kids hopefully can come with us after our prom and go bowling and have something fun to do. That's all right. Lindsay, question of the day, rails up or rails down rails up. (laughs) (laughs) Totally embarrassed my husband. He's the athlete, not me. (laughs) I'm an athlete. I just can't roll. Me neither. (laughs) And I taught PE and I can't do it. I I can coach you to do it, but I can't do it myself. That's funny. Well, I'm going to, if I go bowling with y'all, we're going to put him down because then maybe I can win. You you would win. Maybe. You may still win with him up. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, as we wrap up today, I just want parents to be reminded it's illegal. It's unhealthy um, to host alcohol to our young people. Um, and there are alternatives. There are alternatives. That absolutely. are just as fun, if not funner. Funner. Is that a good word? More fun. More fun. I like funner though. <laughs> it does sound funner. Funner. <laughs> so adults, um, if you'd like to help out, you can swing by the United Way. We have yard signs that you can just pick up. They're right outside the building. Go put them in your yard from mid-April tax to April 15th. I guess that isn't tax day this year though. Mid-April, take them down after graduation season. You can take them back to the United Way. You can host them to, or hold those signs until next year and put them up at that point. Um, the other thing you can do is go to the adctusk.org website, click under alcohol on that page. 
there's a lot of information on how do you have effective conversations with your young people around alcohol. Super helpful. Just kind of like what we we're saying. How do you say no? Why should not young people drink? You know, I think what's super important is that we have effective conversations with our young people, not just don't drink. It's why I don't want you to drink. And I think, you know, that goes a very long way. Our kids do care what we think. And uh, it does matter that we have those conversations. Anything else? I mean, I would say that if there's alcohol at a graduation party, it makes educators very uncomfortable. Okay. And I don't like to go if they're going to, you know, host and have something like that because I don't want to be around that with the kids. So I think that's a good point for the parents to keep in mind too. Very good. Yeah, that is because whether or not, you know, you you choose to do that. um, Kind of puts us at risk. Yeah, unless you're advertising it where people can make the decision ahead of time. You know, that's not something you want to just spring on other adults. Yeah. Um, I've been in those situations and they're terrible, especially when they're a student you love. Yes. I've, you. We've walked away and that makes that breaks my heart where I've been like, here's your card, but you know, I got to run and I have to make them excuses to but like, yeah. we can't stay for long, but yeah, don't, don't do it. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Chris. Thank Thanks you. for joining us today and all you guys do in the community. Thanks uh, for having us. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you. guys. Um, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and visit our website at adctusk.org.